Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We're telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Welcome to episode 34 of Montana Voices Podcast. Today we are graced again with Miss Bethany, because Bryce is... A long ways away. He's uh, not in Montana at the moment, so I didn't think it was appropriate that he be on the cast at all. Well, if he's not in Montana, then I suppose or, that disqualifies him. Yeah, Nontana, as I call it. Nontana. Well, I must say you are my favorite guest host, so pleasure to Aww. have you back as always. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Well, let's uh, to be here. run through our old issues here. Um I can go too deep into it because uh, we did go too deep on Tony Renova and that sad story out of Great Falls. Uh, we talked about property taxes and how that burden is being spread about Montana. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about refugees. The uh, the old issue note here is we can't forget to talk about refugees, but I can't recall if we actually did that. Hmm. Not sure. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Bullock um, and his presidential run and or maybe governor run. We'll see. We uh, talked about the Browns getting a day to celebrate the missing. Misleading headlines. Uh, Blogs are dead or not dead. Depends on your take on the last two episodes. About green votes for Bozeman and Missoula, respectively. How Canadians are jerks. And personalized plates. Ah. Wonderful topics. Yeah. In fact, I should have titled that episodes Canadians are jerks. But (laughs) telling everybody we're... uh, Building the wall on the wrong border. Oh, well, you might make a good argument for that. I mean, how else are we going to stop the uh, feral hogs? Right? Well, They're let's, gone hog wild. That could be a title. Let's uh, jump Indeed. into our new issues. Uh, first, we have a Montana Cowboy Hall of Fame because the rest of the country assumes we don't have running water, and so we want to keep it that way. Uh, that's right. And it's very stereotypical. I mean, growing up, uh, I grew up partially in Great Falls, at least, and it was everything cowboy. They have a whole month of cowboy activities. I think it. When did they do the art auction and the Charlie Russell thing over over there? Oh uh, yes, the Mon- Montana Art Week. I think it's just a week, but yeah, it may- basically, it's a whole month. Is it in I February? Mean, people or? never stop. Uh, yeah, and cowboy art and Charlie Russell. Who, I suppose was an okay artist. I, I don't know. As an artist yourself, what's your ah, opinion on that? Well, he's, he is a great, great painter. Uh, it's just easy to get burnt out on that here. Uh, it's it's kind of overkill sometimes. But uh, yeah, yeah. I would like to see more variety. I mean, you know, there's some there's some good stuff, but yeah, cowboy culture. You know, I would say that if Will Smith wasn't nominated for this for his performance in Wild Wild West, then it would be a real shame. I mean, who else brought cowboy culture to the forefront? We may not have bro stadium country without him, really. 
That's right. And I don't understand the following behind steampunk and how that movie, which you know wasn't a terrible movie, but it also wasn't the cult classic um, that made steampunk culture what it is today. Well, I would argue that it may be a cult classic at this point. Wild West and Wild West. There was a second one, right? Wild Wild West. Uh, I don't. I don't think I saw the second one. If there is one. Huh. But uh, yeah. I mean, it was cool when you're a kid, but you know, every time I see those steam people in the park, I yell at them because they don't have anything powered by steam. Yeah, you know, if they were real hardcore steamheads, you know, they would probably have been creating steam rockets. Well, that right. is not <laughs> the rocket. I'm sorry, man. I just just couldn't help myself. I just had to bring up the steam rockets. There, um, unfortunately, we've lost Mad Mike, the uh, flat earther who was going to go to the moon and, or well, you know, whatever, uh, go into the atmosphere and check out our our Earth for curvature. We'll never know now. We will never know, and I'm, I'm wondering there could be a big cover up here. Was he uh, suicided to cover up the truth? I My can... gosh. Well, they saw that he didn't die in the last two uh, two of his rocket launches, so they knew they had, uh, he was getting too close to success. They had to get rid of him. Didn't he nearly die on one or both of those? Or he got injured, in, <laughs> at least? Uh, not sure. Not sure. Hmm. I it's... was just surprised that uh, you know they were considered somewhat successful. Um, apparently, he didn't get high up enough, though. He was trying to do that this time. Well... Our hearts go out to his family and the flat earth community, which is thriving, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, what can you do? Well, let's uh, dive right in some hot water, right from uh, your neck of the woods. Uh, former undersheriff John Stevens was charged for felony theft. Uh, I guess he did not return his some of his service weapons, and he had a number of charges for that, and he believed that he should be able to block inquiries into that. But uh, apparently, the court system disagrees. Well, I'm glad they disagree. Uh, really, that guy looks like someone I would definitely avoid. But uh, regardless of that... He used to be uh, your undersheriff. He looks so mean. Um, well, he's in a mugshot there. I mean, he's... Uh, it's well, not I like guess they you're going to look pretty unhappy photo. if you're in a mugshot. I don't know. I, I wish he'd smile. But anyways, um, yeah, cases like this are exactly why we need transparency and accountability from law enforcement. It's no wonder citizens struggle to trust police when they could potentially be shot by a gun illegally smuggled out of a police department by someone like this. Um, Seems pretty careless, you know, got to be careful with those firearms and whatnot. That's just it's just very concerning. We should be very uh, sure we're very accountable for, you know, things like that. And this one is really hot off the presses, but I don't know if you heard Missoula. Downtown was in a lockdown, eight city blocks of it here, because uh, a cop thought his window was shot out. Oh, wow. It was not. Yeah. It was the, uh, that was about a week ago, and it it was not. They x-rayed the vehicle. They found no bullets or bullet fragments. Um, like Windows do sometimes break. Yeah, this is true. Especially hmm. in winter, where there's gravel all over the road. Well, that's a very good point. Huh. So, uh, or it was an ice bullet from an ice gun. Ice gun. The perfect crime. That's right. No prints, no nothing. What well, a gun. Well, no bullets found. And, you know, the uh, Missoula police were quick to point out that other than inconveniencing just about everyone, that <laughs> there was uh, no harm in uh, taking these measures. And, and they said the reaction was appropriate. And hmm. um, that's hard to argue with, but 
you would think that you can pretty quickly distinguish a gunshot from a window shattering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just a huge inconvenience for everyone, I'm sure. Well, everyone downtown it is. Well, <laughs> moving on, there is a war on wood. And as I was researching this, it you know, it feels like more and more that there really is, unfortunately. Um, this one is specifically talking about the towns and sawmill that's going to be closing. And they're only losing a handful of jobs. I guess they can employ several hundred people, but they've been running a single shift in the last couple of years. Uh, I guess <laughs> sourcing wood has become a problem for them. Yes. Well, yeah. Sucks that people are losing their jobs. Uh, sounds like they're having a hard time getting getting enough wood. Uh, well, there's plenty of it. Um, they're they're quick to point out that it's an environmentalist fault, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, times change. Yeah. Might just have to figure something else out. Um, things are changing quickly in the world, quicker than ever before. Um, and you know, it is it is tricky in these times to find a job that's going to be able to support your family. You know, it's harder to come by, and you know, like you just got to adjust. Unfortunately, that's you know, it really sucks. But yeah, that is uh, you know a good point. And the changing times is something we've discussed uh, at length here. But, you know, that used to be a time not too long ago that you had a job, and that's the job that you had for life. And whether that be a coal mine and it's for life, <laughs> or it's a, one, of those, uh, one of those tough manly men jobs, we'll say. Oh, yeah. But yeah, well, I definitely feel for those people, but, yeah, unfortunately, you just things are not the way they used to be. And, uh, yep, just got to adjust. That's all we can really do. Now, but what is a logger going to do to adjust? Uh, a lot of these people, uh, I imagine, there's not a whole lot of young blood in there, I assume. Uh, probably not. Um, well, it does sound like uh, there were quite a few, uh, you know, op employees that were offered, uh, you know, relocation to a different place that's going to be a little bit... Uh, until that place shuts down. Yeah, so. until that place shuts down. Well, I'm glad that they're going to have, you know, they're going to be able to adjust but yeah it, it seems like it would be a difficult thing i, I guess you know uh, re-education etc cetera, etc cetera, but yeah re-education. Yeah, yeah, but, but you gotta you gotta pay for that and... if you're 50 and for the last uh well maybe not the last 20 years or 10 years you thought you would be retiring at the sawmill mm -hmm. but at least until you could no longer i mean you do get the plasticity of the brain as you get older. You slow well, down that's a bit. True. It's uh there's some truth to it. it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's that's definitely true. I mean, even if well, they saw the writing on the wall ten years ago, um, imagine forklifting yourself and while employing yourself, supporting your family at a sawmill, trying to I mean, you can't really go to college. It's a pretty demanding job that's not gonna schedule around anything, I right. would think. And so you're kinda stuck on a stuck. I mean well, uh, I suppose, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to that universal basic income becoming more of a thing we, people talk about. Um, is anybody yeah, talking to a about certain that? Point. What's that? <laughs> is, it, is anybody talking about that? Well, it, I wish it was, they would. It was Yang who uh, brought that oh, forth. And, of course, yes. But Good old Andrew Yang. Yeah, Yang is no longer in this running. Yes, very sad. But I'm, I'm positive that some of the ideas that he's... Uh, brought up are going to come back up again um and yeah i mean when things are changing like this and 
you're right. There are some people that are going to have a really hard time adjusting. That's, I don't know. I'm thinking that that could be something in the future that helps people to get by during times like this. And, you know, they could potentially figure something else out. But in the meantime, at least they would be able to survive and scrape by. Because, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to, you know, if you've worked at a place like that for quite some time and you were planning on retiring there, that's a real, real hard thing to have to figure out. Real kick in, uh, reminds me of sort of the last election that was, it's hard to defend Hillary, but I'll, I'll go out and say that the quote where she said she was going to put coal, a whole lot of co-workers out of business. Uh, yeah, I know oh, yeah. you've heard it a thousand times. Uh, of course, take, oh, yeah. I don't think they like to hear that. Well, yeah, and also it was completely taken out of context. Uh, the second half of the sentence uh, was about uh, education and how uh, programs will have to support out-of-work coal miners. Right. So, you know, that, that could be a thing, but I don't see anybody um, really coming after that would vote. I mean, I, I think our uh, leader in yeah. chief uh, or president has mentioned uh, loggers or anything. He, nope, I haven't heard anything like that. But, you know, coal mines are, are sort of the staple when you say the coal miner, but um, mm-hmm. these guys are not getting that same attention for a job that I think is just as dangerous and was just as important to the country. I would agree with that. Well, Missoula is taking wood from us or Missoula County is, um, specifically in the Sealy Lake, Lake region, where they are not going to allow new wood-burning stoves. If you have an old wood-burning stove, you can be grandfathered in, but they are citing air quality problems in the Sealy Lake region during the winter for the 10 people that live there. <laughs> well, come on, Sealy Lake. Give these guys a break. You got to get get these... Uh... Townsend people giving you wood. You got to burn that wood. Burn it faster. Keep people employed. Yeah, they can do their part, or they're trying yeah. to, but Missoula doesn't think they should be able to, and it sounds like that is, you know, only Missoula would think there's a problem with, I I think it's a very small percentage of people that, one, live in that region all year round. It's sort of a vacation region where people have their second or third homes, and they right. come to do a short hike in the summer. Yeah, and from, from what I understand, that's pretty small area there's not a lot of people there um there's not so handfuls of homes burning wood and this is this is the problem we focus on right um i would have to wonder if maybe the people who want this changed or maybe they have uh some kind of stake in the best technology available quote unquote in wood stoves um is big propane (laughs) added again Right. Could be. Um, it strikes me as odd that they're, it, apparently they're not worried about fireplaces, just wood stoves. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's no, a, a good point. So. Yes. Um, this is also, why people I, hate I liberals, say, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like this. Yes, well, Hearing Falls, I have to wonder uh, how their quality compares to Great Falls with our refinery, you know. Uh-huh. Well, you I got the wonder. we got the wind. Um, I think Missoula typically has the worst air quality in the state uh, because we're tucked away in the valley, which keeps uh, everything in. That would definitely make sense. If we get a bad fire season, it is terrible, <laughs> almost unbreathable. Oh, well, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's not good. But Great Falls, I mean, it all gets blown away. Hopefully, to Canada. Hopefully. <laughs> Take that, Canada. It was revamp the show on Canadian hate. Yeah. 
they're not a nationality or a uh, no, they're not a race. They're a nationality, so I'm allowed to <laughs> <laughs> say I'm not racist, but <laughs> nah, nah. Anyway, what other things Missoula's up to? We're gonna count deer, urban deer, urban deer, which actually, you know. I wouldn't say a problem, but they are numerous, specifically in the South Hills around Missoula. And they're also absolutely fearless at all time. Most other deer are skittish and avoid cars, people, etc., or get confused when you're coming. These deers could care less that you exist. Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that since you're, it's your area. Um, they're pretty fearless, huh? Yeah, they'll, um, they don't even acknowledge you. Oh, you don't wow. get a deer in the headlights. They're not going to stop eating in the middle of the road. Just keep your hay out of the road. Yeah, it, it can be, but you know the people that live in the South Hills are doing all right. So maybe they can Good. they can handle a little <laughs> bit of inconvenience. Perhaps so. Well, they did want to come live in Montana. That's what we got all that beautiful wildlife. Yeah, right in your front door. Indeed. Yeah, well, um, they should check out whitefish. There's a whole lot of deer out there. My gosh, I have never seen so many deer. They're pretty fearless, too. Are they and just kinda... agnostic to people? That's got to skew the hunting statistics. Because of, or do they know that they can't be shot next to a house? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, they're... They have... They're pretty friendly. I wouldn't, you know, it sounds like Missoula's got more of a problem with them being fearless. Um I mean, they but don't really do anything. They're just there. in the way sometimes. Yeah. And you sometimes have to take your kids out of the park because there's a pack of deer. <laughs> I've got to watch out for those deer. Um, but, but yeah, it was pretty much like every time you left the house, there was almost 100% chance that you were definitely going to see a deer when I lived in Whitefish. So that was kind of interesting. Should, really got to watch out for that. Should be open season over there. No kidding. <laughs> you know, I, and I do wonder if they've evolved to the point. I've heard some hunters talk about deer and, you know, other things that they're preying on, being able to, the bipedal motion of footsteps, hearing that uh, tips them off or anything mm -hmm. like that. Obviously, it sounds different than, you know, four-legged right. motion. So some really avid hunters have taken to actually like fat bikes into the woods because the... Uh, the sound of a bike, they they don't understand, and they kind of ignore you. So, ah, well, that's one way to go. Well, let's uh, move on to come back with a warrant. At least if you're right. on a bus, right? Um, sounds like a good plan. I mean, I yeah, they don't want to be searching. Those that's, buses. That's a Greyhound. Gonna... They recently came out. They will no longer welcome the uh, Border Patrol on the on their buses um, unless there's a uh, warrant or, or without permission. But, of course, I, I don't think they're going to be so available to give permission. So, basically, come back with a warrant. But this may counteract federal law because, of course, they have Border Patrol has the right to ask you for identification within 100 miles of the border. It's 150. A I think it was a hundred. So you know, all so. the High Line, pretty much. Your your open game. You may remember the uh, Mexicans on the train that uh, went viral a while back. They had to move out of Haver because of that. Oh, yeah. So, but it sounds like this is a um, you know, a small problem. Um, or I don't want to say a small problem. 
but it doesn't happen so much within that hundred mile radius of the border. Mm-hmm. So because there's what one bus that runs from Haver to Mile City, if that. Probably something like that. I doubt it's more. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine that uh, that would work out best for everyone trying to use the bus um, to not have to have the whole schedule messed up with searches and whatnot. Uh, that probably hurts business, probably irritates people. If I knew there was less a chance of having to deal with something uh, unplanned and kind of unnecessary like that, I think I would I would prefer to take a bus that uh, you know is going to get me where I'm going on time. I'm gonna have to deal with this BS. That'd yeah, but thought. that's you know Greyhound does have the majority of the you know bus market. I think seventy five percent or something like that, and apparently some smaller players in this field have done the same thing. Um, right. Not that they care about their customers. I mean, they've already paid, so what do they care? So Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as bus scheduling, and, you know, it is a big inconvenience. What does a bus hold 30, 40 people, and then you're going to ID every single one of them looking for illegals? Yeah, uh, that would be time-consuming. And, I, I mean, I imagine a lot of this bus stuff depends on getting to these places on time, so you can transport people to their locations on time. Uh yeah, it seems, it seems like it could gum up the works, having to worry about that all the time. Well, I wonder if it'll affect trains. Well, I imagine the uh, the Border Patrol is very disappointed in this, or they made a comment that they were disappointed that, you know, Greyhound would uh, help people assert their rights. So, Well, I mean, <laughs> probably I would imagine it would be less to do with the people, as you were saying, probably more to do with keeping... Uh, keeping to their agreements as far as when they're supposed to be places and whatnot. And what if this um, uh, and not know, bus shenanigans takes some driver into overtime? That's the money out of their pocket. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely something that's going to affect them. Oh, it could um, affect a lot. And, and it's unpredictable. You like to be able to know what kind of what to expect when you're running a business so you can know what kind of costs are going to be dealing with, what kind of time frames, et cetera. So for a full-size bus, you need a CDL, and I think it's, maybe somebody out there can correct me, but I think it's 10 hours on, um, 20 off or something like that. So you can only be driving for 10 hours and then have to have a rest period of a, over a day, pretty much. Ah, yeah, I'm not too sure about the specifics of that, but yeah, I'm not it's a probably bus driver. a good thing. <laughs> Got to keep people from having accidents. But yeah, you know, that, that definitely adds another factor to that. It just seems like it could complicate business for a bus company yeah well i we wrote a very short cast this time we were uh planning some other things and there's uh several other scripts and maybe some guests we're gonna have on uh next week um oh but you forgot you forgot about billings did i forget about bill oh, yeah I yeah i can say a lot about billings <laughs> oh do they uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah billings is uh not a discrimination free zone no and um yeah, federal law still doesn't prohibit discrimination against LGBT people it, in private employment, housing, or public accommodations. It, it doesn't. Um, it occurs to me that it's 2020. And yes. maybe I haven't had my thumb on this issue as I should have. Oh, that's okay. Uh, discrimination is a problem, even if it's not widespread. No one deserves to be discriminated against on that basis. Uh it doesn't create well, and there's a, there's some misconceptions about laws like this. Uh, 
it, it definitely does not create special rights for anybody. It just gives them the same rights as people, you know, people like me and you already have. Uh, it's not a threat to religious liberty. And uh, as LGBTQ people but seem to file lawsuits at the same rate that other groups. to rent to a gay person? Well, that would ruin their time, probably. Or <laughs> Christian quotation marks. Right. Uh, but yeah, they, they file lawsuits at the same rate as other groups do, based on sex and race discrimination. Um, and that's uh, something I found in the uh, Sears-Mallory Discrimination Complaints Report. Um, there's a there's a couple other sources that found the same. Uh, so the argument that this opens the door for frivolous lawsuits doesn't really stand up to scrutiny. Uh, and I don't see how it could hurt you know, to assure citizens that they have the right to be treated like everyone else. Uh, and it paints a certain kind of picture about Billings that they're having such a tr tricky time passing this. This it is the third seem... time that it has failed in Billings, the non-discrimination yes. bill. Um, yeah. But there will be a fourth time, it sounds like. Penny Roning is uh, championing mm -hmm. the cause over there, and she will reintroduce it again, and I, I assume it would also fail again. Yeah, that kind of seems to be the pattern that's shaping up there. Uh, I mean, I'm one of the the frivolous lawsuit thing, but I'm just not understanding it. It seems pretty basic to me that yeah. I'm just not understanding the opposition to this and 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 why I know if you read, it's a KPAX article that we're citing here, and it talks to other commissioners that voted against it who say you know there's already federal things in place for this, and but as you described, there's sort it's of not, not specific. Um, for those things, unfortunately. Um, one of the main opponents of this is the Montana Family Foundation. Um, their blog says that uh, the Billings City Council has been targeted for takeover by the Democrat Socialists of America. Uh, Bernie Sanders is coming to Billings? Uh, uh, according to these people, I guess. But I suppose if that's the kind of language that you want to use about it, one could argue that it has already been taken over by bigoted religious fundamentalists of America. You know, they're <laughs> this group, and this is something of a—it's sort of a sore subject and sort of a twist the knife into me. But take the name of, in this case, um, they've allowed themselves to be less Christian and more Republican. It feels like, and they are that's what just it feels like to me being a tool of the Republican Party. Um, who just claims to have their values, but if you look at the Republican Party today, I I don't think that the party as a whole represents Jesus or Christianity, in in my opinion. Um, no. Look at the head of the party, um, who they love, of course, <laughs> who does not, you know, other than doing some of the things that they like, does I, I don't think has any of the other qualities that you would look for in a Oh, Christian. yeah. Well, if you're looking for, you know, family values, I don't think you're going to find them there. Um, yeah, that, I do think that their organization has a lot more to do with punishing people who don't subscribe to their, either their particular religious beliefs or their political leanings as far as, it, it's not about family. Um, I think that, you know, really in Montana, the general attitude is to mind your own business. And I don't seem, I don't see this as you know live and let live you know uh, if they want to be able to believe as they do in their own private life do as they will that's fine that's fine but 
when you take it to businesses and housing and whatnot, you know, you really are uh, painting a terrible picture of, uh, you know, I don't want Montana to be perceived as a place where people have to worry about which town they show up in. They may not be welcome around there. You know, it, that's, it, it's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, we forgot about whitefish, <laughs> Columbia Falls. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that. I, I would like, you know, rugged individualism of Montana, you know, well, just mind your own business. And if it's, if you want to be, um, a certain way, go be that way by yourself. <laughs> yeah. The, you, it, you know, the money spends the same, so. Um, is this about right. gay cakes again? It feels like they're you know five years behind that trend here. Yeah, uh, it is unfortunate. Um, so a lot of people say plenty of things about buildings in the first place. First, it's terrible to drive there. Uh, it's yeah, it's terrible to drive. It's um, the Denver of Montana, the per capita meth capital of the world. <laughs> Oh my! Well, and, that's bad press. Uh, and, yeah, and, I just don't this. see what it could hurt. And uh, when they talk about, you know, economically, that that's gonna help you rather than hurt you. Um, you want people to feel welcome, and you want people to feel safe in your community. And if they feel safe and welcome, they're probably a lot more likely to invest in a home there or open their own business there, uh, et cetera. Uh, if they don't feel that they're, you know, if they feel like they're going to get run out of town by these religious fundamentalist types, they're going to go move to Bozeman instead and take their sweet, sweet money there. Sweet, um, sweet money. It's sort of surprising coming from Billings that this wasn't in place because I thought or at least when I lived there, and this is more than you know, 10, 15 years ago, that there was a very vibrant uh, LBGQT uh, community there. And the, they even had the first gay bar I'd ever been into, and I think one of the first in Montana, you know, long before I oh, showed wow. up, which unfortunately is now since closed, aside from that. And so there was, like I said, a very vibrant population, so I was sort of surprised to hear from this in Billings. And granted, I've been out of there for quite some time, but I guess the landscape has changed. They have... Those conservative highline politics, because they're almost there, but those don't quite match with the big city uh, need for certain regulations and such. Yeah, um, and it's a big population. It's going to be more diverse. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, really you'd have to kind of wonder maybe if this particular organization maybe is over, you know, it's... Uh, maybe makes it look a little bit more overly conservative than it actually is out there. Maybe this group just has more of a, uh, more Billings, of a voice you know, you're than allowed to hunt the average person. Over there, right? What's that? You're allowed to hunt socialists in Billings. Well, I don't know. You can hunt who you want. doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean you're not going to go to prison, but <laughs> no, that was a, a, a different, uh, a matter of the, uh, billing city council. Was it the council member? We'll have to look that up. Don't quote me on it, but he was definitely on the, uh, the right side of things over there who, uh, took to Twitter to voice his complaints about socialists and how it should be legal to hunt and kill them. Oh dear. He, uh, was refusing to step down last I heard. Hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, Montana. can't endorse that. Uh, people that are open-minded, take your money. At, <laughs> I mean, there's both. Even Great Falls has an ordinance uh, I read here. So 
Right. And that's surprising. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, and it is surprising considering, uh, you know, Great Falls can be relatively conservative and it does have a, you know, more of an aging population at this point. It's a good retirement community. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you know, um, it just really feels uh, kind of un-Montanan to me to, to be policing people's lives uh in their own homes what they do behind closed doors uh seems kind of nanny state to me well they're uh republicans in name only so to speak or certainly not very freedom minded i think And, and i suppose you could argue the opposite that um forcing people to not discriminate against people that they you know for whatever hatred they have don't like (laughs) um to, to force them to be uh reasonably accommodating to somebody that's different from them is, uh, you know, forcing them to do stuff. But, you know, if you, I mean, if you're you're dealing with the public and you're taking money from the public, well, you know, you're going to need to be accountable to the public. That's the exact same point I was going to make. I mean, if you don't want to uh, make gay cakes, maybe you shouldn't be making cakes at all. Yeah. Maybe you should just make cakes at home. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to great falls, I was surprised that they had ordinance and the, handful of other places and even some small towns you know i would surprised even this this came up because it is sort of a larger place issue because in you know, a smaller town mm-hmm. uh, i doubt anyone would care <laughs> so right right seems hard to imagine it would be a big issue yeah so you know great falls bozeman of course missoula you can count on missoula for having a very progressive ordinance but in other areas great falls is not being so progressive and this isn't on our docket here but there's been a whole lot of hot air and hot water going on over there regarding um, one refugees and one green or the possibility of considering discussing green matters. Ah, not, not I haven't read them. up on this too much myself, honestly. Uh, it's not even on the list here. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm just going to say what I said before. I think people need to live and let live and, uh, Mind their own business for the most part. If it's, I mean, you're going to have to make a pretty uh, strong case to me as far as I don't think that we have too many, you know, illegal Mexicans up here. I mean, I know that it's, sure it's happened, but. uh, I know of a few, but. (laughs) Hard to imagine that it's a huge issue considering how far away we are. Yeah, I'm more worried about the Canadians once again. Um, right. I, I will remind you, everyone that the majority of the 9-11 hijackers came in through Canada. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> See, that's where we need to be focusing our attention. But right. yeah, Mexicans and other uh, progr- just issues that aren't really issues that are sort of the you know, the the talking point, the you know beating of the bush issues uh, mm-hmm. that you know certain people that don't have a policy of their own try to bring to Montana when. We have a completely different set of issues that we're trying to work through. Right. Uh, I'm sure there are more uh, pressing issues. And yeah, you know what? If I was going to be worried about border stuff, I'd be worried about the guys who are closest to us as far as people breaking rules about borders. Uh, We're closer to Canada than we are to Mexico. (laughs) Right. And it's, as far as I know, not really any Mexicans. Billings did 10 years ago, but I guess that's been been cleaned up. There's a large, uh, very... I wouldn't say large, but they had a whole area of town, the Mexicans did. And we were driving through for Cinco de Mayo a few years ago and were disappointed that there was no longer a Mexican parade or a Day of the Dead event and the Catholic Church wasn't even open. It was disappointing. 
well, if these people in Billings weren't so upset about not wanting to employ gays, maybe they wouldn't have to employ Mexicans. Yeah, but, you know. Well, what do you know? <laughs> only people that look like me. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think uh, we can put episode 34 in the books here. I'll let Bryce run away with the uh, pre-recording of him running through our business here, and we'll finish up. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jimmy. And good night, Montana. All right, so uh, once again, you could probably just edit this out instead of having to record it every time. But if not, we'll, we'll do, do it live. live. We'll and, do it. Uh, we plug straight in, no effects. You're probably listening to us on our website right now, montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to be on this wonderful show, or if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at montanavoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter feed is going to be at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook account is at Montana Voices Podcast. And you can find every episode on YouTube by searching Montana Voices Podcast.